Everybody on Pandora may be seeing each other, but should you see Avatar The Way of Water? I've got my thoughts right now. This review is brought to you by Raycon. Go to buyraycon.com slash Merle for 15% off site-wide and stay tuned after this review for more info. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my review of Avatar The Way of Water. Don't worry, Charts with Dan will still be airing, but it's going to be out this afternoon because the embargo has just dropped on full reviews for this movie. It's been 84 years since the original Avatar, but James Cameron returns as the director, sharing screenplay credit this time with writers Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver, who also co-wrote the screenplay for Jurassic World. Uh Uh-oh. Luckily, I like this movie a lot more than I liked that one. Over a decade after the original Avatar became the highest grossing film of all time, we return to Pandora as Jake Sully has fully become one of the Na'vi, raising a family along with Natiri. Both Sam Worthington and Zoe Saldana return to reprise their roles in this movie. As the years pass, life returns to normal, but Pandora is a world of wonders and humans aren't so easily discouraged, driving the family to seek the help of the Medkayina Water Tribe, led by by new cast members Cliff Curtis and Kate Winslet. And it's in this new world where Jake, Natiri, and their family, and by extension the audience, get to explore an entire new world of wonder. In addition to Worthington and Saldana, Sigourney Weaver and Stephen Lang also return for the sequel, though neither is reprising the exact role that they played before. Edie Falco, Jermaine Clement, and CCH Pounder also appear. Movies being long delayed is the new norm in this pandemic era. Most movies that came out last year, for example, were delayed for a year or more. But Avatar The Way of Water really sets the new standard here. Not only was the production of this movie delayed by many, many years, I believe this movie was supposed to come out sometime in 2016, but this movie started filming five years ago. Production wrapped on this movie four years ago, and it's just now hitting theaters. So the question on everybody's lips is... Is it worth the wait? Well, on a visual and technical level, absolutely it is. If you thought James Cameron was going to rest on his laurels and deliver a recycled version of the first movie, then you just don't know James Cameron very well. Avatar The Way of Water is as stunning a step forward technologically as the first Avatar was back in 2009, literally plunging you into a new underwater world that is absolutely stunning in its execution. The technical wizards behind this movie are going to be winning a lot of little gold statues, and each one of them is going to be richly deserved. And as with the first Avatar film, if you don't see this one in 3D, then you're going to be missing a huge part of the intended effect. And this is coming from a guy who doesn't really prefer to watch movies in 3D. This one is a must-see in 3D. I don't usually say that a movie's worth seeing just because of the visuals, and if the story in Avatar The Way of Water was horrendous, then I still wouldn't, but I will say that the story isn't standing in the way of a recommendation, and The Way of Water is an unforgettable theatrical experience. You really haven't seen a movie like this before. James Cameron promises big, but he delivers, and that's what makes him one of the most successful filmmakers of all time. But there is one technological leap forward that Cameron tries to make here, and it's the version of the movie that I saw for screening purposes that I just can't take with a director. It doesn't matter how visionary he is. And that is the high frame rate, or HFR. And briefly, what high frame rate means is that movies traditionally are projected or displayed at 24 frames per second. With high frame rate, the movie's displayed at 48 frames per second. And the goal with HFR is to make a movie more immersive, to make it look more quote-unquote real, to do 
away with the motion blur that you get with 24 frames per second and make you feel like you're actually seeing what's happening on screen. But watching this movie in HFR made me want to pull out the remote control for the movie screen and change the settings like I did on my mom's HDTV because to me, it still looks like that cheap thing that you get with the motion smoothing on on the television set. I feel like Tom Cruise would yell at this movie for how it looks. To that end, we'd like a moment of your time to talk to you about video interpolation. Now, I understand the intended effect of HFR and in wider shots, it actually works really well. But when you get up closer or when there's more movement, I still found a lot of frame jitter. And it could be because James Cameron has said that the entire movie isn't in 48 frames per second HFR, that sometimes they were closer to 24 frames per second and they would just duplicate frames, which is why you may get some of that motion jitter. As good as the 3D technology is, and James Cameron once again makes massive leaps forward here, I just don't think the technology is there, number one, for HFR presentation for it to be smooth and seamless. And number two, I just don't like the aesthetic. It's a personal choice, and I'm glad that they are offering the movie in a variety of different viewing options, including the traditional 24 frame rate per second. I know that some directors love HFR. They think it is the future of cinema, but it is not the future of cinema for me, and I'm very glad that you get that option with the movie. When you buy your tickets online, there should be an indication where it usually says digital 3D, IMAX, real D, whatever. High frame rate should be one of those options and it varies depending on location. So if it's something you want to avoid or conversely, if it's something that you want to seek out, make sure you're seeing what kind of screening your choice for Avatar The Way of Water is. The unfortunate side effect is that it makes most movies look like they were shot on high-speed video rather than film. So let's talk about the story of the movie because the visuals are just one part of it. And I've never been on this hate train for the first Avatar that it has the worst story ever. I will acknowledge that it is definitely derivative, but I didn't hate the story in the first movie. The cell in the original Avatar is the world and the storytelling really isn't that groundbreaking and when I did my initial review on social media about this movie I said that I thought that the story in the way of water packed less punch than the first movie which raised a lot of eyebrows so here's a little bit more of what I meant when I said that the way of water is definitely more character focused and less about the general premise the discovering of creatures and the world around although there's still plenty of that in the movie but there's also not much here that you haven't seen before on a story level I think that the characters in the movie are more relatable but less distinct. Everybody sort of falls into a type. The concerned dad, the rebellious teen, the mysterious child. Cameron has delivered spectacle and character before in any number of his other films, but there is no Ripley in this movie. There is no Sarah Connor. There is no Jack Dawson. Hell, there's not even a Cal Hockley. You will honor me the way a wife is required to honor a husband because I will not be made out of fool. Jake Sully and Natiri continue to provide the heart of the franchise, and Zoe Saldana in particular delivers in her role. It's really hard to believe just how far she's come since the last movie, which was a one-two punch in her breakout year of 2009, along with J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. I continue to find Sam Worthington to be neither impressive nor offensive as Jake Sully. He's acceptable. As a character, I generally find Jake Sully to be there. And, you know, I guess that could be worse. 
Kate Winslet's role of Ronal seems a bit thankless. I wonder what her role is going to be in the franchise moving forward, if any. Sigourney Weaver is doing some interesting stuff as a character in many ways unlike anything that she's played before, and I'm glad they found a way to keep her around. Stephen Lang is very much like the character he played before, but I liked his character in the first movie, so I liked him in this movie, even though it's a pretty despicable guy. Edie Falco's also in this movie. She's a great actress, and it really seems like they're setting her up for a major role until about half way through when the movie seems to forget that she's in it so I don't really know why she's there there's also a new batch of younger actors doing motion capture playing Jake and Natiri's kids but the one actor that we see the most of is Jack Champion as Spider a young human who's basically been adopted into the family Spider spends literally the entire movie in just a loincloth which gets a little awkward after a while this is definitely the most high profile role for a 7 8 naked teenager since Brooke Shields in the Blue Lagoon although this role is way less creepy but it did stretch believability for me at some points in the this movie about blue people on the water planet that nobody went up to spider at any point in the film was like hey bro you want like a like a like a jacket or something are you a little chilly i was worried that spider was cold through most of the movie is what i'm saying but this is also a character that's going to appeal a lot to younger viewers not least as an avatar in his own way for some more adventure-minded viewers and he brings that breakout leo type potential to the franchise so james cameron probably knows what he's doing but honestly, there's not a lot that's remarkable about any of these characters, which is not to say that the story is bad. It's just not that original or memorable, and it has beats that you'll probably recognize from a dozen other movies. What Cameron lacks in story, though, he adds in not just spectacle, but action. The Way of Water is way more action-packed than the first film, and there is definitely a lot of the Aliens T2 James Cameron present. I actually like that a lot of the action in the movie is smaller scale than we saw in the first film because it at least allows our characters to get a little more directly involved with some bigger stakes for what they are. But if you were hoping that James Cameron was going to take to heart the criticisms about the weaker story in the first Avatar film and really beef it up in that department for the sequel, then I think that you're going to be a little bit disappointed. It's not that this movie doesn't have a heart, it's just way more focused on other things. Bottom line, this is a recommendation for me and I don't think this is a soulless movie, but it is a lot like the theme park cinema that Martin Scorsese set tongues wagging about when he was talking about the Marvel films. On social media, I called Avatar The Way of Water the most ambitious and successful Epcot Center attraction of all time, and I stand by that statement. It has that same commitment to wonder, the same earnestness, but also the emotional shallowness of the theme park scenes that play out to millions of tourists annually. It wants to leave you in awe, to give you your money's worth, to make the trip worth it, and it succeeds. But like a theme park attraction, as you walk out of Avatar The Way of Water, you're going to be talking about the sights and sounds that you just experienced, but not so much about the characters who are providing them. Avatar The Way of Water hits theaters worldwide this weekend, but will it be one of the biggest movies ever made? That's the stage that James Cameron is playing on. I honestly have no idea, and I do my best to kind of piece my way through it on Charts with Dan, which will be out later this afternoon. But are you planning to head back to Pandora? Let me know down in the comments below. And before I go, I want to thank the sponsor for this review, Raycon. The holidays are fast, and I mean fast approaching. We are less than two weeks away from Christmas. Hanukkah is less than a week away and if you're scrambling for that last minute gift scramble no more because Raycon audio products are here for you 
Raycon's wireless earbuds, headphones, and speakers offer premium sound, useful features, and almost custom comfortable fit and up to 54 hours of battery life. Your friends and family will be able to start using them right away, maybe to start a Christmas dance party around the tree, or just slip in those Raycon earbuds to drown out Uncle Joey's latest ramblings at the family dinner. And as the person gifting Raycon, you've got to love that they start at half the price of other premium audio brands. And this month, Raycon's having a countdown to Christmas with a new pop-up flash deal for you to take advantage of every single day. Also, from December 13th to the 20th, you can get free express shipping on orders over $85 when you use the special promo code HOLIDAY to make sure that those Raycon products get under the tree. Right now, go to buyraycon.com slash Merle to get 15% off site-wide with code HOLIDAY plus free shipping. That's code HOLIDAY at buy, B-U-Y, Raycon.com slash Merle, M-U-R-R-E-L-L, for 15% off of your Raycon purchase, buyraycon.com slash Merle. Thanks to Raycon for sponsoring this review, and thank you for watching. I'll be back very soon with more box office news, reviews, and more. Until then, stay safe, and I'll see you next time. Bye.